Welcome to the Needle Jig Podcast, Season 1, Episode 9, with Mr. Frank DeMeo, who's realistically number one in my book. I'm Mark Lascarbo. I own Needle Jig, and you catch me on YouTube recording interviews with some awesome tattooers and vendors around the planet. The podcasts we bring you are basically unedited versions of the audio of those interviews. The tattoo world is my life, and we put these shows together for other serious tattooers, tattoo apprentices, and serious enthusiasts. But remember, you're not going to learn how to tattoo from watching videos or listening to podcasts. It's just not possible. Keep that in mind if you're going to try and order products from us. Anything that's directly tattoo related is not going to be sold to people that are not vetted. You can buy t-shirts and medical supplies, but nothing else. I really hope you're going to love this episode with Frank DeMeo. He's honestly a funny guy, awesome human being, and, 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 and truly a dear friend of mine. We were able to bring you this series and other quality content due to our awesome customers and friends around the world like Frank. So... I just want you to know we're all eternally grateful. I'd personally like to take a minute and ask you to leave your comments in the podcast review. And if you need us for anything else at all, contact us at cs at needlejig.com. Now let's talk tattoo with Frank DeMeo. Hey Frank, it's been a long time, man. Yeah, I know. Right. All week. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Uh, how you been? Good. Good, good. Cool, cool. All right, I was just telling the folks out here you've been tattooing probably about as long as I have. So when did you start, man? 27 years ago. I was 13. My uncle owned a shop locally and been working ever since. Cool, cool. So you're right around 92 then too, right? Yeah. I think you got... You edged me out by a few months or something like that or whatever. I can't really... Something like that. It's know. right around the same... So, yeah. You're my senior... <laughs> So, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, man. So, tell the folks what you do, man. I mean, you mostly specialize in black and gray. You definitely do color. You do it well, but yeah. your, your favorite's black and gray. Yeah, my favorite's realism, black and gray. Maybe a little touch of illustration feel to it. And I do like color. It just takes too long. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, your style, your... You're, yeah, I mean, you're into too, too darker stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like, you know, everything has that kind of grainy look that I do, you know, and kind of darker feel. You know? Yeah. Started doing that feel more, kind of like the dark sexual stuff, too, a little bit, I guess. I don't know. It, I've been doing it for the last 10, 15 years that way. So. Yeah. Uh, and you do it well. I mean, that's actually a lot of people come to you for specifically. So that, a lot of your, your mechanical stuff, your textures are awesome. Thank you. Stuff like that, so. Thank you, Tell us a little bit about the shop, man. Like, like when you. I when did you get in here? Thirteen years ago, um, I opened. Well, it was just me. I was piercing at the time as well. Um, found that that kind of got in the way. Yeah. Um, and I, I really wanted to focus more on my art, and then I got focusing more on my art and tattoos, and then just the tattoos overtook, and now I don't really have time for just art anymore. Yeah, I know that feeling. I remember back when. Uh, when I started, I was piercing as well as tattooing and literally stopping in the middle of a tattoo because the piercing came in the door. You know, you lose your train of thought. You, yep. know, you know, it takes a while to get back into it. You know, that's just... Yep, definitely. Definitely. You, you lose you lose exactly what you train of thought, man. And it's just, it, I don't know, I kind of lost interest in it. Yeah, but we do what we had to do, man. That's, yep. that's how we... No, now so we, just, we fed our families. Yeah, and not, now it's just strictly tattoos here. There's no no piercing at all in my shop. 
I mean, <laughs> I, I know you do really, really well here, but this this area is a little bit remote. I mean, it's 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 not too far off of the highway, but well, you know, you can't really throw rocks and hit places around you. University of Connecticut's only five minutes up the road. Okay. Um, that. that's UConn. Yeah, they're like literally right up the road, and then the we're kind of surrounded by the highway everywhere, so we're five minutes in from all directions. We do pretty well here, actually. In um, the the travel wise, this is one of the highest travel roads and around here, considering where we are out in the boonies. So you know. yeah. So where do you draw most of your clients from? Because I mean, you you're, you're right down the road from Central Mass. You're not too far from Hartford. Oh, man, they come from all over. You're not too far from Providence here. They, they come from all over. I, you know, I can't even really say. I, I have, you know, there's license plates in the uh, parking lot from Rhode Island, Mass, New York, all over the place. And uh, it's it's hard to say. A lot, lot of local, you know, like 45 minutes away type stuff. You know, like everybody comes in locally, but there's not many shops. There's a few out in 15, 20 minute directions around it. That's about it. Right. You know. Very cool, man. You have uh, you have an art history. I, mean, I do. I do. I, I got a couple art degrees. Exactly. Um, I, I, I have um, my associates in graphic design and minored in illustration and IDT, which is special effects, makeup, and sculpting and stuff like right. that. And those are things you had prior to getting involved in tattooing, or something? No, 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 no. Like I was saying, my uncle was a tattooer when I was a kid back in the early '80s, early '90s, and. Um, I always grew up around it. My dad was his uh, his guinea pig, you know. Like, <laughs> and and uh, I, I got to watch when I was a kid, and I loved it. And I was making the old stencils with the um, on, on the acetate, and like wow. you know. I, I got to do all that when I was a kid, and and then I started practicing when I was like I don't know, twelve and a half, I think, thirteen. Wow. He had me tattooing honeydew melons and all sorts of cool stuff, and then. Uh, Started tattooing, and then I went to art school when I graduated high school, and uh, did that, and came back, and I worked for another artist, Mike Fitz, for quite a while, and uh, and then opened my place when I, 13 years ago. So I mean, kind of been all over the place, you know. So when you were going to art school, did you have the intentions of coming back to the tattoo world, or were you going to go on and and be somebody famous? Uh no, man, I had no intentions of being ever opening my own shop. I never had any intentions of doing that at all. Um, I had all intentions of doing what I went to college for and just changing changing the direction where I was already going. But I never stopped tattooing though. I always tattooed all through college and I worked a full-time gig at a garage on cars and stuff like that. Right. And, and um, but yeah, I never had an intent. My intention was never to be a tattooer for the rest of my life. You just ended up here like the rest of us. We just sort of. Yeah, I, I uh, when I left the last shop I was working at, I kind of went underground and built a shop in my basement of my house. I mean, we all kind of did it at one point in time. But 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 it was you know it was everything was legit you know it was like a little mini shop. Everything was new, sterilized. I made needles at that time you know I made all my own needles and uh, and. Uh, my ex got sick of people coming over to the house, and that's why I kind of got forced into opening my my first shop. And uh, I opened up, and it's where we are now. You know, it's kind of been 13 years. It's been a roller coaster, man. Good and bad, and 
indifferent, you know. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's been a it's been quite the ride for sure. Yeah, you know, there's there's yeah, unpredictable at best. Yeah. So Frank, tell me, what was your first introduction to me, or at least my company? I met you at the Sturbridge Convention ten years ago, at least. Yeah, something like that. It was could I even been the Sturbridge show before it was a Sturbridge show. Maybe one of the last one was in Worcester. Possibly I, that one. Well, I think I met you there, but when we actually be, like got to know each other was when it was a smaller venue like that. Yeah, Zaza's show, man. Yeah, like, man. I everybody gets show. to know each other at that show. Yeah, it's, man. It's comfortable. It's family. And, and you turned me on to Rotaries, the little those little thirty five dollar European swash drive. Knockoffs. Yeah, those crap yeah. things, man. That was like my but, first uh, experimentation with those <clears throat> too, though. So it was like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and then you turned me on to Round Mags and 08s. And then after that, I, we met back up at a little convention in Massachusetts that turned out to be nothing. It was oh. out... It was in Boxborough. Yeah, yeah, Boxborough. Yeah, it, it was yeah. a cool show. It had a lot of cool people at it, but it wasn't very busy at all. Miles did that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, and we ended up hanging out a lot at that show, and that's kind of where we kind of headed off, man. It's about all that happened at that show was just hanging out. But yeah. It was I, cool because we yeah. did get to know a lot of people yeah. way better than we normally would. Yeah, I did pick up a couple cool clients that are still my clients now at that show, believe it or not. That's where you turned me on to like a... Um, my first Neo Cat and all that stuff. You know, like here's a Cadillac of fancy equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, probably the most steady, reliable rotary on the market at that time, especially for the money. Oh man, at that time, yeah, definitely. They're still kicking ass. They, they, it's it's still one of the smooth running machine, one of the smoothest running machines out there. It's very smooth. I just I kind of drifted away from those though. It's all good, man. Yeah. We try different things. Yeah. yeah. So Frank, going to school with for special effects and things like that. Now, how did that affect your tattooing style, or did it? It, it definitely affected my tattooing and my art in general. Um, because when I went to school, I went originally for graphic design, and I minored in special effects, and it definitely turned me into a different artist. Like like I I, I do illustration style, and then I'll also do a monster style, and I and, and I kind of style my art kind of off of old school like masks almost the way they look you know because I, I remember from when I was a kid they were like they still had that like the texture to them and that air pockets and all that really cool stuff and and that's where I get a lot of my texture from and a lot of that cool stuff from that reminds me a little bit of another artist Jim Squires from uh, Western Mass area that uh, I've known for 20 years he passed away a few years ago but he was working on the sets of some big movies, uh, Matrix, other stuff like this, doing special effects in addition to his tattooing back then. So there was a definitely a heavily influence in his area. Cool. So I mean, you know, I mean it's like I don't know if your background is even remotely similar to his, but it definitely influenced his style. The way I, it did. I don't think it was gonna I I didn't ever realize how things were gonna influence me for today. You know what I'm saying? Like when I grad when I graduated college I ended up picking up a job doing um, a magazine from front cover to back cover. Nice. And I, I des designed the main front logo to the very last page of this magazine. And it ended up being a golf magazine. I knew nothing about golf. But this guy hired me straight at, like, 
portfolio review from school, like hired me, saw something in me, and started paying me good money right off the rip. Nice. Um, and I did this magazine, and then I graduated school, started going uh, for my bachelor's, and then, you know, stupid shit when you're a kid, man, a girl broke my heart type shit, and then uh, I came home, and I left that life that I had there, and this guy begged me to stay. Right. Begged me. And, and uh, I said no, and now he has nine other publications. What's this girl's number? I want to call her up and thank her because we wouldn't have you if this didn't happen, man. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that's that's how that's how it all went down, though, man. You know, and then and then I came home and I ended up working from uh, Mike again. You know, Mike Fitz and, and uh, kind of he had a huge influence in my in my art style as well too, with his comic book black and gray stuff that he used to do. Well, we all like to know history and. I say most people should know who Mike Fitz is, but give us a little more history about him. Tell Mike, us. Mike Fitz was uh, probably one of the best freehand custom tattooers and machine builders that there was. You know, I mean, definitely back in the '90s. You know, um, you know when when Jack Rudy and all those guys were creating that freehand black and gray. Man, he was right up there with them, and and just fell off the face, man, which cool. kind of sucks. And now. This shop used to be his. Yeah, yeah, he had a shop here. Uh, I kind of did the same thing. He was next door at the little spot, and then moved over here eventually when he got when the shop grew bigger. Awesome. And he was here for so many years, and then ended up opening another shop twenty minutes on the road from here, and one up the road, and history repeating itself. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really weird, man. Cool, cool. Yep. That was Mike originally from the area in Connecticut. Or? Actually, yeah, he's from Tolland, uh, not too far from here. I drove through there coming here. Yep. So. Yep. Very cool, man. Uh, any little bit of history that we can get and preserve. Yeah, you know, it, it's all. Yeah, important. he was he, he was very very talented guy. You ask him anything, and he just spit it right out, man, with a ballpoint pen on you. It was pretty cool to watch him work. Yeah. So, in addition to Mike, who are some of your other big influences? Like tattooers? Yeah, tattooers um, or or ta- just artists ta- in general. Ta- tattooers. I mean, some of the greats, man. Guy Atchison, Paul Booth. I mean. There's so many good artists out there now. It's even hard to pick some of your favorites. Yeah. You but I mean, know? when you I were mean, back when you were cutting your teeth, I mean, I was cutting my like, teeth. Uh, man, Paul Booth, Guy Atchison, you know, um, Mike Fitz. Yeah. I mean, that was a guy that was all over the place. Um, uh, regular artists, Frank Frazetta, um, Boris Vallejo, you know, like oil painters and stuff like that, you know. Um, when you started tattooing, though, was there anybody you tried to emulate or copy or pirate steal from? Who'd you bite off of? <laughs> Jack Rudy, man. Yeah. Why couldn't I? You know, I mean, shit. That he was doing everything. He was doing everything that everybody wanted to do. See, I've always liked Jack, but I've always preferred Brian. I mean, I always preferred Brian Everett's yeah, Brian, tattooing Brian, to Jack's tattooing. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> uh, you know, I just that's just how I see it. But love you too. No, no, man, dude, that's another, he's another great artist, man, there's no denying that, you know, just, like I said, there's been so many people among history now that it's even hard to keep up with that a lot of people, you know? Well, and then those two don't even compete, they're, they're pretty much best friends and, yeah. and whatnot, but they're not, their styles are distinct. Hey, man, you know, we know how it is in this industry now, there's so many of us that are friends and everybody has, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, 
No, if, if, if everybody you know has the respect towards one another now, yeah. especially in this, you know, like when we're at conventions and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I remember back in the '90s, man. Somebody talked some shit. We'll get dumped up, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then you roll out of the shop, and that was the end of that. Yeah. You know, well, people, you know, people yeah. had to relocate on a regular basis yeah, for man. sure. Yep. I mean, there's room for everybody as long as you're doing good work. Yeah, that's man, what's you know, important. You know, we don't want a bunch of scratchers out there because, I mean, you're doing nothing but cover-ups at that point, you know? A little job security for us, but, you know, it's a, I'm more concerned about the disease transmission and uh, potential regulation that that can result yeah, well, in. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there should definitely be... A, everybody needs to have regulations. There, there should definitely be a set of regulations all, all, along the United States, honest, honestly, so everybody mm-hmm. could just have one clear set of rules. Yeah, but they should be practical, too. I, I agree. It definitely, definitely. I mean, we know more about what we do for a living than most, you know, you know, and, and I mean, we're definitely teetering that, um, that edge. Connecticut you know, you know. now, there's, there's a movement going on in Connecticut, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, Kelly Green's Kelly Green pushing start, that quite yeah. hard. Yeah, she's been pushing it pretty hard and she's gotten some laws changed and, uh, she, uh, at the beginning, you know, we didn't know how it was going to go, you know, and then it, she's been actually... Trying to change some shit, man. I, I'm I'm part of it, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, I've been to a few meetings, and uh, a couple of the meetings were cool, you know. We were able to get some information out, and you know, and it, it worked out pretty well so far. So. She's filled me in a little bit at a couple shows here and there. Yeah. I hope to see her this weekend. She'll, she'll, she should be there know, this weekend. Uh, actually. She'll bring me up to speed on what's going on again or whatever. But they're yep. literally trying to work with the legislators to write the laws with them rather than Again, have yeah. them forced yeah. upon you. Yeah, no, totally. Which and is cool. More people need to be that. That's proactive. It, it, it definitely what's what needs to be done. You know, because, uh, you know, like I was just saying, like, we know our own, we know what right. we need to do. You know, and that somebody else can't tell us, all right, this is what you need to do. It, it, it just doesn't work like that. You know, um, you know, we need somebody in there to help with the laws that no tattooing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at this point, we've got tens of thousands of hours into tattooing. There's not a lot of people that know it better. Not to mention, we've taken countless courses on bloodborne pathogens, disease control, and first aid and CPR, and we generally try and stay up on those topics. I don't mm-hmm. stay up on them as much because I don't tattoo daily anymore. But I know that you're, you know, certified. You work shows all over the stage. Each state requires different. Mm-hmm. you know criteria from you so you're constantly forced to into different circles and learn new things definitely I mean Connecticut you, you do uh, the Red Cross you know you do a bloodborne pathogen once a year which is super simple online um, and then you do a first aid which is really simple too now uh, to be honest with you I, I there there's a bloodborne pathogen that I took for Florida mm-hmm. everybody should have to take that one I learned I, that was more Informative, and I learned more at that bloodborne pathogen uh, than I have in anything else I've taken. That's cool. Which well, then, you know, maybe people cool. should do that, whether they're required to or not. Yeah, and it's definitely, it's definitely, it was definitely good. I mean, it took a good seven hours to take the course, but it was, it was a good course, right. and you learned a lot of stuff. Was this something you could do online, or did you have to? It was all online. Something? No, it was all online, but it was different than the, say, the. The, the Red Cross one. The Red Cross one, you blast through it in 35, 40 minutes. Cool. You know? A little bit later then, uh, actually, when we're done here, um, give me the information of that, and I'll post it in a link below. Into cool. In the comments and, or into the description below. Cool. And anybody that's interested can check it out. Awesome. Very cool. 
it, 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 there's just more information with the skin and just, just a lot of skin information that you know all, all the different things to look for and and it just they don't you know they don't really get too informative of all the different um, the pucks in the skin and just every little imperfection that you want to watch out for as being a tattooer you know okay Frank a little bit ago you said I was the guy that introduced you to some really cheap knockoff rotaries a hundred <laughs> years ago yeah okay so um, tell us a little bit more about your shift from coils into rotaries and what do you feel the advantages are and disadvantages well I mean I, I think everybody was skeptical at the beginning because rotaries came out long time ago I mean rotaries were the first tattoo machine technically you know I, I mean uh, I I was really skeptical but once I got the hang of it it worked well um, rotaries are just so much more consistent than old coil machines you know they, they, they run at the same consistency all the time um, and then you introduced me to your needles your, and that just kind of changed the game for me um, I did ro I did coils coils would kind of set me into my black and gray that I started doing you know and, and uh, that you know that pepper shading all the time and and it kind of changed everything and uh rotary kind of changed the game a little bit and then when you came out and then when cartridges came out that really changed the game rotary's like man i can't say better enough good things about rotaries compared to coils no more pepper shading it's not all smooth it's very smooth soft. it's very smooth because you can get the pepper if you want you, to. you you can get the pepper if you want to but then it looks like you kind of gets kind of skippy you know you, you you know it doesn't look smooth anymore at that point so it kind of it, it kind of changes the game a little bit. It's it's uh, it's definitely fun, man. And I love them for color. Way better for color than were uh, than what coils were. All right, then you don't like about rotors that when they burn out, they just burn out and they're done. <laughs> that's no, that's no the, quick that, that, that's the uh, and there's like and they're done. It's like shit. I need another one now, quick. Yeah. You know? so. They work flawlessly until they don't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What coils were you using back in the day? Oh man, I had some old Spalding and Rogers lightweights that I that's were modified by me and Mike Fitz, and that kind of and they were given to me by my uncle back in the nineties. And they do were you still old. have those. I do. That's awesome. what, that's what tattooed on the side of my head, man. Awesome. And then my uncle, my uncle just passed away. Actually, sorry oh. to hear that. Yeah. Now, I, uh, did he tattoo? When did he stop tattooing? Early two thousands, I think. Okay. Yeah. For a like, reason, did he just retire? Uh, no, his hands, hands. His hands. His hands. You know how it was using those little pencil drips with the freaking heavy ass coils, and you know you're sitting there squeezing, and your hand was hurting, and. The reason I really can't tattoo. Yeah. It now all that's again. another thing I like about rotaries is that they're so lightweight. You're using the disposable tubes, uh, all in one shot, and it's so light, man. Especially if you use the beefy grips, that thing just sits in your hand. You know, it's it, it's they're nice. Well, it takes all the the muscle and tendon strain off. Yep. I know. I'm thinking about getting my hand looked at because these two fingers are somewhat numb most of the time. You know, so I know where that came from. Yep. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. I can still feel it, and I still have that. Uh, that callus over here too, man. You remember that Money callus? Belt? Yeah, man. Yeah, that callus is still there. <laughs> How many years has it been since you've used a coil regularly? Uh, damn, I think I actually hung up my coils like 
stopped using them for good was probably about seven years ago. Yeah. Must have been a good money belt then if it's still hanging around. Yeah, yeah. It's still there. <laughs> that's a term that's a term a lot of tattooers will never understand. Yeah, kids. No, no, they don't they don't understand that, man. That or getting burnt by your coil machine. You know how it would hit back here? Ah oh, man, that shit would suck. No, you used to run around and brag about money compare money bumps up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And and it's it's really hard to find people who are loyal and want to live this life and give their life to this industry. Frank, this is something I have to ask you. What's and that? I ask everybody, buddy. What? What's your favorite rubber band? Jesus Christ, I don't remember now. <laughs> I don't have any used rubber bands in such a long time. What are they, number nines? Is that what they were or number sevens? I don't remember Number anymore. tens. Number tens, that's what it was. Number tens, yeah. Number yeah. tens. It's been a long time, man, since I used them. So, yeah, number tens, that's what it was. Uh, uh, and I, all, no more than two. No more than two. No more than two. Were you ever sponsored with rubber bands? I was not. <laughs> Shit, sponsorships weren't even a thing up until, like, the last eight years. Yeah, it's become a shit show. Yeah. Yep. I mean, for me, and just so most people know, is... It's never been a business thing. It's always been a rewards thing. Mm -hmm. Two people I've known that have been using, buying, and using my product because they want to use it, it's always been a reward. Rather than, I, I, I get new artists coming up to me all the time. People have never touched my shit and be like, hey, how do I get a sponsorship? I'm like, you don't. <laughs> that doesn't work like that, man. No, you it's know. a loyalty thing, man. It's it's, it's about friendships. <laughs> uh, we've known each other for... For 10 years, man. At least 10. At least 10. Probably close to 12. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yep. I mean, as long as I've been back on the East Coast, really. Yeah, so. I never really left the East Coast. Yeah. I did. I, I went, I I went out. I, I mean, Pittsburgh is what? That's not technically the Midwest. I mean, it's getting close, but it's not there. Mm -hmm. You know? Now, you do some shows, but... Uh, you going to start doing a few more shows, or...? Yeah, I mean, on average, I do about 12 shows a year. Um, this year I kind of slowed back because me and the wife got a house and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean this show, this year I did, this year it'll end up being eight by my, by the end of this year. Wow, I didn't think you did that many. Yeah, man. And then last year I did 14. But, um, yeah, next year I'd like to do a little bit more, kind of get back on the road, you know. Um, Put your name out there a little farther. Yeah, man, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. So... Get to see, get to see all my tattoo family. I should say, you know, I mean, and I've not seen everybody the last six months like I was. It was, you know, it was kind of nice to get go go to Milwaukee and see everybody. Yeah, that was so, a good show. That's that always a, fun, a fun town, man. That's a fun show. I like that show. I always refer to the shows as my working vacations. Some yeah. of them, yeah, definitely, yeah. De definitely, some of them working vacations. I mean, look, we got to go to the Harley Museum. That was cool. That was fun. That I, was did, I did enjoy that, man, especially with the. With you, Lunchbox, man. Yeah, man. Lunchbox is... Yeah. He's a, Eric was he, there, too, but he doesn't count. <laughs> that poor kid, man. I'm going to break him one of these Dude, that days. kid eats so much shit, man. <laughs> he's a good kid. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it's fun. It, it's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, and the traveling thing, man, is always a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, it's too. Hard. 
it's 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 a lot of work, especially having young kids at home still too. Yeah. You know, so. But uh, I definitely want to get. I'd like to do at least twelve shows a year. So that's kind of my my goal. So that's how we keep our healthy relationship. Is like I'm away. From, I'm out of the house so much that by the time I come home, my wife actually wants me there. Yeah, yeah, same here. Brady actually misses me, and it's like yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm home for a week, and she's like, "You got to go again." Yeah, yeah, you're you're getting on my nerves. Yeah, I hear that all the time. <laughs> okay, Frank. We know you like to do a lot of dark stuff. You know. Um, are there tattoos you won't do or refuse to do? Not really. I mean, I don't really do anything small anymore. It's it's rare for me to do something. But I mean, is there any subject matters or any any things that you just you know tell the customers now on? Do you, do you, do you, no, you, no, no, no gang stuff. I don't do anything like that. Um, no, no, no colors at all okay. for nothing. I um, mean, you've worked yourself into a position to pick and choose what you do. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean. I, I, I like to keep myself on my toes, so I kind of do a bunch of different stuff. Okay. You know, I, I don't just do the horror of black and gray. I could do traditional. I can do realism color. I could do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It just depends what, you know. What comes in the door? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I do pick and choose what I want. Like, some people don't want to wait for as long as I'm booked up sometimes. Right. So, so I mean. Exactly. That, that, How booked up are you? I'm booked up in... Um, I have about a seven-month wait. Okay. You know? So you don't generally do any walk-ins at all, unless you have a cancellation. Uh, uh, unless I have a cancellation, but then this year uh, we started a, um, a walk-in Wednesday at my shop, and I do walk-ins on Wednesdays, and I'll do no longer no long no longer than a three-hour session with somebody okay. on Wednesday. So somebody can get a tattoo from you without waiting seven months if they show up on Wednesday. Right. Which and is it, today. And it's first come, first serve, and it's today. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. Today's kind of a chill day. So, nice. uh, you know, get to hang out with you and, you know, kind of do this whole thing. And How is the walk-in Wednesdays working out? I mean, like business-wise, is it... Is it, it, is it, 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 it was working out great. I haven't advertised for it for a little while, mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to start advertising for it again. But it was working out great. There was usually a line at the door every morning for people wow. to come in and sign. And my day was pretty much planned every day, you know, every Wednesday right off the rip. And it was all three-hour sessions, man, boom, boom, boom. Cool. And you cool. have, there's four of you tattooing here now, right? Yes. Cool. Yep. And then you have a space for guest spots guest also. Spots. Correct. Nice. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I've been talking to Chris a little bit later because yes. he's in town for the week. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Mr. Mack will be with us. I'll be with you guys in a little bit, right? Yeah. So, that was good. I'd say come and see him, but this won't even go live for another month. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Not much we can do about that. No, no, that'd be good. Maybe maybe come see him next time he's here. Next time. He's going to be a regular. If he doesn't screw it up. We'll see what happens. <laughs> he's, you know, he, you know, he tends to get to be a little wild at times, you know? Yeah, he's, he's, it's hard to subdue that boy. <laughs> So these days, Frank, there's been a, like a lot of controversy out there about like deposits, and then and you know some people want to leave a little deposit, some people want a huge deposit, some people some people walk away from deposits. Like, what's your policy here? How do you handle it? Um, I, I I take a hundred fifty dollar deposit. Okay. Um, but the that money is put towards the tattoo uh, at the day of, um, and if the person needs to move or reschedule their appointment, they need to give me a forty eight hour notice. To be able to retain that $150. Otherwise, it's not refundable. Un, un, exactly. Because you've already done the artwork. You exactly. Time into the it, research. Exactly. Time, research, everything. Held them up. 
I mean, if they call me, do no call, no show, it's, I mean, I am busy, but it's still hard to get somebody in that day of. Oh, absolutely. You know, so. Now, 150 is a decent sized deposit. Yeah. Do you have people walk away from that or no? It's rare. It's rare for people to blow me off for an appointment in general. Because, I mean, they make an appointment, wait seven months for an appointment, and then be like, oh, shit. True. You know? Now, are they reluctant to put down a large deposit? Most people, no. Most people, no. You price based on the time you put into the tattoo. You don't generally set a price. This is going to be a $1,200 tattoo, a $700 tattoo, a $400 tattoo. Uh, no, I used to go by the hour. Okay. I used to go by the hour. That works out with the fairest for everybody, yeah. but yeah, you know, a lot of people want to know up front. Yeah. You know, because I mean, all right, I'll, I'll do a full, I'll do a, a price rate for a full day, mm-hmm. but that's my price. Right. So, you, you know, you know, so like if you're going to put that $150 down for that price, cool. Do you want to use it and move it to another appointment? Cool. Whatever you want to do. I'm pretty flexible. You know, you know. Um, as long as they give you 48 hours to get somebody else in. Right, exactly. That's a good policy, man. It's, know, just, so. it, it's just funny because I hear other people that have customers that complain about giving, you know, a, a $30, $40, $50 deposit. And I'm like, well, those are the clients you may not want to begin with. I, I had started it at $50, but that was years ago. And then it was $100. And then once I hit over the six-month mark of being booked up, I mean, I could be booked up a year in advance if I allowed it, but I don't allow it because how can you even play in your life? Right. Yeah, you, you know, um, but once I hit a certain amount, that's when I was like, man, I got to go higher on my deposits too because that kind of, you know, if the person don't want to pay what you want for a deposit, obviously they're not going to pay what you want for your tattoos as well. You're going to have a hard time. And it's easier for somebody to walk away from 50 than it is 150. Right. Cool. That's a good plan. Okay, Frank, another topic out there these days with what's going on in business is uh, uh, supply companies and professionalism. I mean, how important is it to you that your supplier only sells to professionals? I mean, I'd be kind of a hypocrite because when I was underground, I got sold to. But... We evolved. Right. In the years of how tattooing has become in the years since then, um, I think it's huge now that you have to have the professionalism. Um, Like, you know, Needle Jig, you know, only sells to professionals. And I think that's huge now um, because everybody and their brother, if they can draw on paper, they think they can be a tattooer. You can't. It takes years and years and years of work and practice. I I just it it kind of sucks when people just sell to people that want to be tattooers. You saying you can't learn to be a surgeon on YouTube? <laughs> Come on, let's take your kidney out real quick. <laughs> I've got two. I'm game. So I mean, I, I I could really go off about that because I mean I, I see so many bad tattoos come in. Where'd you get it? Ah, oh, at a tattoo party. Ugh. You know, so it's like, I mean... Oh, you did tattoo parties back in the day. We all did. We all did, but it was different. It then. was. It was. Now, there's a level of professionalism now. You know, you know, and... and, and uh, to Tattooing be, has become legitimized. Where back in the day, it was... Dark and seedy and hidden. Exactly. It was in that really gray area for so many, so many years, you know? I mean, bikers and sailors and all that. 
everybody associated it to right. that. You know, and we've worked so hard to get where we're at. Yep. We don't want to see the business go backwards. Exactly, exactly. And I agree. I agree, I, I agree 100% too, man. Okay, Frank, now let's talk cartridges. Uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, your switch from cartridges, or switch to cartridges from needles on bars. How was that for you? Uh, were you reluctant? Were you were you uh, enthusiastic? Was it difficult? What? Give us your, your take on that. Well, all right, it kind of, when, when, when I went from coil to rotary, it was needle on bar. And now the only issue with rotary and needle on bar was that rotary was hitting harder. You know, it hit really hard. You had to be, you could damage the skin really quick and easy. Um, but when it, when the cartridge came out, um, it kind of gave a little bit of give. Right. You, 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 know, you know, like when, when, when you're running a coil machine and you'd hit the skin, it would, the coil always backed off a little bit. And now with the cartridge, it kind of does the same thing. And uh, now with the new membrane, the Dynasty cartridge, that one's even better because it's it's got a it hits a little harder and it doesn't it doesn't wear out either. You know, it, it runs for a very long time and no, there's no blowbacks, no nothing. It's it's awesome. So the return mechanism is just more consistent than the the O-ring styles that are right in the legacies. Correct. Okay. Yeah, cause, cause, yeah, because I mean, I love the legacies. They're the same needles. You know, it it it, it that was you know they're a great needle. Um, it's just uh, over time the O-ring wore out and it didn't hit as hard as it once as it did over. You like the way the needles react exactly. in the in membrane cartridge preferred to the exactly O-ring. exactly okay. yeah yeah they they run awesome. I mean both needles are great. They're the same needles. You know, um, it in uh, I still use both. Um, it's just the way they hit. They hit differently and they wear differently and they're awesome dudes. You know and uh, it, it's. Um, the way cartridge needles, they've revolutionized tattooing. And, you know, now, did they affect your style of tattooing? Did they, or not style of tattooing, your your technique? Did was, was there, what was your learning curve there? Oh, man. It definitely was a learning curve. It, it was, because they, they, the, 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 the way they hit, um, even the way, the difference between the legacy and to the dynasty, they hit a little differently. Um, uh, it, 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 well, mechanically, they're a little different. Yeah, 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 yeah they are. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, it, all all the all the growths in the industry have, have changed my skill level. I would right. say, right? And, and, and uh, changed the tattooing wise. Like we were talking about the, the pepper shading with the coil machines. That no longer could happen, really, with 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 rotary machines because you get this weird skippy look, you know, and and, and then you kind of went to the legacy and you're kind of able to get that pepper shading a little bit more because it kind of loosened up the shading a little bit, you know. I got a friend though that's making these nice rotaries, which is a, it's a, it's a glide system, sort of like the Neopat style, okay. um, that are running a portascat motor that will run really slow. So now it can get that peppery. You really? Can, you can do that. So yeah, yeah. I had a good, a good buddy of mine, Bob Gibson, used to tattoo oh. for me in Arizona. Hey, you told me about Bob. Um, yeah, but anyways, uh, it's the one of the few rotary machines I've seen that actually still has a strong enough hit at a low speed. Your eccentric, your eccentric machine runs really low too. 
Yeah. I, 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 you, I can get, I do that, I do that um, when I do like mandala work. That's what I use for my stippling and stuff. Okay. Yeah, really I've got a lot low. of dot and line guys that use those. That's, yep. that's, that's true. Cool. But I mean, it, it can be done with a rotary, but there's just not that many out there that do it efficiently. No, the Valhalla, I'm still getting used to that one. That one's definitely, um, that machine is, it could do a multiple of different things. And it took me a little while to get used to it because there's so many uh, variable, variables to get it set the way I like to run my machines. Right. You know, but uh, that, that machine's awesome, man. That's like one of the first pen machines that I've really liked. So. Nice. Well, Dan will appreciate that. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, Frank, while we're on the topic of cartridges, are there any tips you have for people that are going to be moving into cartridges from needle bars? Yeah. Um, definitely still check your needles because just because that they're coming pre-sterilized and pre-packaged in these cool little cartridges doesn't mean that there still isn't a hiccup in the needles somewhere. Other than that, it, it, they, you're gonna, it's going to take a little bit of playing around to find what works the best for you. So Frank, you still loop your needles. I do. Excellent. I do. I check them all the time. I'm shocked how many people I see that just pop things open. I have to, man. You get a hooked needle or something that, you know, you never ever know, man. It, shit, you it know, doesn't shit happen often. No. But no, you never know. It's a nightmare when it does. Exactly, man. I mean, I've, ac I've seen needles accidentally be backwards, too. You know, I mean, shit happens, man. You I know? tell people all the time, I, uh, I can't make millions of anything without having the occasional screw up. Exactly. All right, Frank, my last conversation was with Hector Cedillo a couple weeks ago in Worcester here. Uh, you know Hector well, right? Yeah, I do know Hector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of Hector? He's a good dude. Man. No, man, you can be honest with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he sucks. No, man. Hector, you're awesome, man. Um, I worked with Hector at a Boston show two or three years ago now, and Cesar Perez, a bunch of us, man, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, great artist. Uh, Learned a lot, actually. Learned a lot with him just hanging He's out with him. Very the intelligent, dude. Super smart guy. Super intelligent. Um, super talented artist, man. Mm -hmm. And a great human being. Yes. Like, like just a good, yeah, fucking person. Yeah, I, I heard that he's open. He is, is his new shop already open? Yeah, just opened uh, this last week. Awesome, I think. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I'd like to go check it out. It's up in Worcester now, right? Yep. I'm gonna. I plan on shooting in there one of these days, and because we did our interview in a hotel room. Which wasn't <laughs> as beautiful as where we are here in your place. So I'll probably do a little follow-up in his shop here somewhere cool. in the future. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd like to go up there and see him. I haven't seen him in a while, but yeah, he's definitely a cool guy. Great. We're going back to coils versus rotaries, pros, cons, things like that. Do you find that rotaries hurt more than coil machines or less? We're, we're, we're trying to talk about you know myths, debunking myths, whether they're truths. Things like that. What's your what's your prerogative? I, I, I think a direct drive with needle on bar definitely hurts more. Um, there's no give. Like you know, like I was saying earlier, like there's give with like a coil machine and needle on bar. When that needle hits the skin it gives a little bit because of the springs and all, right. everything on a on a coil and when it's a rotary, there's no give. And then when uh, when cartridges came out you got that give a little bit back and that's right. kinda changed the game a little bit again. So now you're thinking rotaries run closer to what a coil runs like? No. If a coil ran correctly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a good coil runs great. I yeah. mean, there's no denying that, man. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's tattooing, you know. It's I just mean, keeping them in tune that is something right. and a, that and a, and a lot most of, people can't do. They no. don't 
you know, they don't understand the technology. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing is, it's simple technology. Um, it, it just, I, I think a lot of people now just don't take the time to want to learn about their history and about the traditional ways True. that we used to tattoo. Well, I think of it like this, too. Artists are more creative, and a tattoo machine is more mechanical. It's it's a different. You can't ask your auto mechanic to paint you a beautiful picture. So why are you going to ask your, yeah. your, your the guy who paints your portraits to? I guess you, you know tune a machine. I mean, you're, you're right. Some people can handle both, but most can't. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I mean, I, you know, I, I like to know how things work, and I take shit apart and rumble my own shit. You know, Me but too. but um. But yeah, no. Back back to the uh, the the uh, needle on bar with rotaries and stuff. I definitely think it hurts more when it's just a needle on bar with rotaries. But with the with the cartridge and uh, the cartridge grips and all that now is definitely relieved uh, alleviated some of the pain a little bit. Well, Frank, getting into tattooing now is way different than. Back when we got involved, and when we got involved was way different than, you know, our forefathers before us or whatever. What kind of advice would you have for an artist that has an interest in getting into tattooing these days? I, 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 haven't, I haven't really taken an apprentice on in a while, and the last time I took an apprentice on, she kind of jumped ship on me. And, and it's, it's really hard to find people who are loyal and want to live this life and give their life to this industry. Give it all, it, you know, and that's pretty much what it needs to be, man. And and and, and half-ass. No, ex- I was just gonna say that uh, you can't you, you can't half-ass this, man, because if you half-ass it, you're just gonna be another scratcher. And, and I I've worked really hard to get to where I'm at in my life, and I've had a lot of great artists work for me, and I have a lot of great artists that are working for me now that have helped push my business. And I've had great friends like you that help push things in that. And um, I just think it just takes a lot of work and dedication to become a good tattooer now. Um, and try not to skimp on if you are going to take a tattooer on, just don't do it because she's cute or because uh, you think that this guy's okay. You got to take these people on now because there's so many people out there now that think that they're tattooers. We already brushed on that. And uh, you just got to take it to heart, man. Well, you know? I've been saying for a long time, at least nine out of every ten people that are tattooing shouldn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. But, I mean, they're just in it for the wrong reasons, so. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I agree. 110%. <laughs> hey, man. It's always a pleasure. I mean, we did this last week off camera. We're going to do it again this weekend off camera. Yep. But I, I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time out. Uh, I love you, you man. Be down here, man. I love you, okay, too, it was, it was a good time, man. Thanks for having me. Always is. Thanks for coming to my shop. Cool, man. Peace out, guys. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> if, if you're liking what you're seeing, please subscribe and come check us out more often.